Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yes, g'day. Uh, I'm going to say that in front of the big American in front of me. You're going to start with a g'day. Backchat, double underscore. You know where to find us on socials. Been a big week here in Melbourne for Backchat. We've done some great guests, but I have been looking forward to this one the most. You can find everything we do, backchatpodcast.com.au. You can watch us on YouTube. If you're not watching us and you want to listen, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Big thank you to all our supporters, our sponsors, Shelter, Whippersnapper, Bluebet, Margaret River Roasting Co., and, of course, Leadable Cameras. You know what to do over that way, too. Support the guys that support us. Let's get into this. The yes. big man's in the house. Mason Cox, what's up? Not much. Thanks for having me, by the way. It's uh, an absolute pleasure to be on. I've listened to a few episodes, and um, oh, man. I've got a little dirt on you. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've done a little <laughs> oh, research. Um, I've heard about some of the stuff you've been talking about me over on the podcast. So... <laughs> I've got a little, we'll get into it, we'll get into oh, it, but it's, right. um, we'll just leave a bit of teaser there for the people to listen to. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. <laughs> all right, I like it, I like it. I didn't actually expect anything less from you because I've been watching your work as well. Very impressive stuff over at the Mason Cox Show, I've got to be honest. Mm-hmm. Pat McAfee Show, Mason Cox Show. Yeah, I think we're on the way. We're yes. on the way to the Pat McAfee show. Um, no, the Mason Cox show, new podcast. Um, obviously, kind of, I feel like podcasters support each other yeah. uh, in the same industry and everyone kind of loves doing the same thing. So, yeah, check it out. It's uh, all the socials, the Mason Cox show for the five socials uh, Facebook, Twitter, so, uh, sorry, t- TikTok. Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. The five. Awesome. I'm sure y'all are on the five too, I'm sure. But you're not, um, you're not doing sport as much. It's a bit more lifestyle for mine at the moment. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of sport. We do um like a person every single week and then the next week we'll do a catch up on the newsworthy stuff and then we'll do another interview the next week and just kinda uh, space it out that way. But we're doing all kinds of different things. So we've had people like Matt Preston on, Dill Buckley's another um, podcasting person. Yeah. Um, and Peter Hellier. And then we're about to have Nat Medhurst on for um, or uh, sorry, Nearly Meadows, not Nat Medhurst. I'm thinking about yours, actually. Yes. I was listening to that earlier today. Good. Uh, but no, we're about to have Nearly Meadows on as the next one. So she'll be the first person, actually, we talk about sport too, which would be cool. That'll be good. Sweet. Did you talk about Strawny with... Uh... We did. You should, yeah. like, people should check it out. I actually made up a person. Um, I'll wear a cowboy hat and a wig, full mullet, Sonny's on. What's the name? I don't, we haven't figured it out yet. I liked Cletus. 
I don't know if Cletus is the one you guys would like, but if you want to throw out a name for what a, a ridiculous redneck or bogan cowboy would be, Cletus, Cletus is good. iconic. Cletus yeah. is right there. All right. Did you so know any Cletuses in in, in Texas? Uh, no, I haven't met one yet. Uh, there's a few kind of alter egos that were named Cletus, so I think it kind of works well. Um, the first question we ask every guest. Now, the reason I'm, I don't know if I've seen too many interviews with a couple of players that played off in the grand final mm. to talk about the grand final. So we will get to that in 2018. But before we get there and a bit about your journey, we've got a question we ask every guest off the top of the show. Now, you've done some great things. You've learned to play a new sport here in AFL. You've played in grand finals. You've been best on in a prelim. We know everything you've done for the Collingwood Football Club. And Although we respect it, we're here to tell you to start with, we don't really care. We want to ask you... <laughs> you probably brought your premiership medal just to really oh. dig it in, haven't you? I did. <laughs> just really... I did. Oh, I did not do that, but I did say... So you're regretting it now. <laughs> I was just saying, it would have been the final nail in the coffin if you came out with any. But I want to know your greatest sporting achievement, not on the football field. We've seen what you've done there. What about off the footy field? What's your greatest ever sporting achievement not as a football can i also just throw in yes because i know you're a basketballer as well yeah can we can we remove basketball from yeah, that I as think well that's true. Oh, that was okay well that takes away my answer then no um, no it doesn't because i know you played another sport growing up so maybe go into that realm we're talking like you can go under nines um you know you were second best on ground for this you know seventh division uh, oh, i've got it actually i've got it so yes. in high school <laughs> yes um in my senior year, which is the last year of high school, I had the most yellow and red cards recorded for a preseason. Um, I got thrown off the field a few times. Um, got a stern talking to from my mom and dad and also our coach. Soccer. So I put soccer on up and um, I was ruthless. Like I just would slide tackle people not even going for the ball. Like it was just straight for the shins. Like just, and it was like, we had a lot of, cause it was next to Mexico. So we had a lot of these like little Hispanic kids that would kind of run around and stuff. And, you know, like I feel like in like international sport, you know, they roll over and then they've got the spray they need to get out. And like they really play it up whenever they get touched by someone. Yes. And um, I didn't care for that too much. So I would just kind of absolutely demolish them. Like there is a video on the internet of me. I think this kid might be dead. I'm not really sure, but <laughs> he um, he was going one way. And it was like one of those things in the AFL. You know, the cheap people, like you've probably had it happen to you from a forward or something where you're kind of like looking at the ball and you're going back and then the guy's there like on the on the angle, but yes. you're not looking at him. He yes. just hits you. And you just, you hit the ground because you're not expecting it. Yes. Um, I did that face onto a guy and he was not paying attention. He was yeah, like, are you like 16, did, 14 years old? Did you like run that. into your, like your hip? Like did his head yeah, hit your it was hip? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Running into a tree trunk. We won't go where else it might hit, but yes, <laughs> yeah, we'll go hip. We'll I'm, go just, hip. I'm surprised someone your height not playing goalkeeper. Like, how did you get out on the on the pitch? Well, I grew six inches in the summer. My um, uh, uh, year eleven, year eleven, grew six inches in the summer, and um, yeah, that was kind of like the holy snap. You should. You know, probably played basketball, but that was kind of where I just played soccer my whole life. And said, oh, I'm just going to finish off playing there. And we played the top uh, top leagues in America, and we played overseas for a bit, did some tournaments over there, which is really cool, and uh, got to travel the world for it. Which we is love awesome. that red and yellow cards most in the league. It's a little bit like you in the um, social netball on a Tuesday night, isn't it, Dan? Uh, you ever Ma- got thrown out? Martha, this like umpire Martha. I don't know what name. It's <laughs> just like, shout out her name. <laughs> she she, t- she said I was disrespecting her or whatever. I don't know. I was just asking for clarity. Descent. On, on, so she said yeah, descent. Yeah, literally umpire descent. Umpire descent. The hot take of the year. Have you, right, have you gone with that? Dude, I've lost my shit multiple times. It's really, <laughs> who even knows what high tackle is anymore? Oh, we're worried about people's head high tackles. Now, now we're not. Uh, what's, so, that, what's that like for you for someone who hasn't grown up playing AFL to then rules seem to change? 
Every week. Uh, def- definitely every year. How the hell am I supposed to describe this to someone overseas? Like, how am I supposed to be like, oh, yeah, these are the rules and regulations of AFL whenever it changes week by week and person by person? You, you have had some moments through your career, just like off the top of my memory here, where it looks like you don't know the rules. Is it because you just, you just oh, literally... There's, there's still sometimes I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, there was, I think recently, someone had kicked a goal and it, like, hit the point post. Yes. You know, like the very outer point post. No, yes. I thought it was, you know, like, gone for a point. Yeah. No, no, it's a throw-in. <laughs> I had no idea and I was just like rolling back to D50 like oh yep we'll just get the kick in here and they're like dude you, you gotta go rock I was oh. like oh oh yeah that, that old chestnut I mean it's just like the, the the concept you know for me is equal for me you know going over playing NFL maybe or I don't know something probably not even NFL like a sport maybe like lacrosse or something like I've mm. never seen a game of lacrosse and then rolling in and just being like okay now sort yourself out but also you're like playing in the best division in the country yeah has there been stages we'll get back to your upbringing in america but has there been stages where you kind of pinch yourself and you're out there and you you know you're at an elite level of sport here something that you never grew up doing oh dude can you imagine not knowing and ever hearing of a sport then like two months in you're playing with scott pennebury and like training with him yeah <laughs> like dude just like two opposite ends of the spectrum couldn't yeah. be more like far apart from each other and yeah, there was times, I mean, like in certain training sessions and like games in those early days in the VFL, like I would do stuff and it was just like the most embarrassing thing. Like there was one time where like I'd given a free kick, it was probably a high tackle knowing me, but um, give a free kick and the guy was like, throw the ball back to me. And I just like dropped it and was like, you can get it yourself, dude. <laughs> what do you know? With 50 me. meters. So I was like, oh, that's the thing. We have to be polite in football. Got it. Come with me, please, mate. Yeah, I was like, good stuff, mate. Yourself. You play on in the goal squares. I got smothered and a few things like that. So I think the best one was, um, it was about a year, sorry, it was about a month into training with the boys. And um, Craig McCray is my first kind of like, you know, uh, coach. And yeah. where it got to the point, we're in a training session and um, someone had kicked me the ball and I was like out the back and I was like, you know, 100 meters from goal, but there was no one really there and no one was coming to me. So I just started running like, you know, rugby style and uh, ran about 50 or 60 meters. And everyone, by the time I got to 20 meters, everyone just kind of stopped. And I was like, oh, sick. Everyone's just, you know, I'm going to kick this goal. I'm the king dick here. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then I ran another 30 meters wondering what the hell was going on. I turned around, everyone's like on the floor laughing. I was like, what, what is it? And then like, I think Bucks was like, Craig, if you not told him about bouncing the ball, he goes, no, we haven't got to that part yet, boys. Sorry, apologies. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll look at some film this week. Oh, man. It's, it's just like, it's an amazing concept. Like, uh, yeah, and I've, I've certainly respected what you've been doing from afar, but to hear you talk about it, I mean, I just, yeah, I can't put it in concept for me. So, okay, so what about back in America? Um, you're going through school, you get into college, uh, Oklahoma State, yep. um, basketball, basketball walk-on is is there any other sports that you sort of wanted to play professionally is it basketball an option or no no basketball is not even a thing I didn't even start playing basketball until I was 18 I went to university the only reason I played basketball is everyone in my dorm which is like you know this big building with a bunch of people in it all all males like a bunch of them had played basketball in high school and they're like hey you're freakishly tall come play with us and I was like (laughs) the most gangly uncoordinated person in basketball and they're like just rebound and give it to someone else and that was my, that was like kind of what I did. And then um, from that, I, uh, yeah, from playing at the local gym and stuff, there was a, a lady that recognized me, asked me if I want to play for the women's team um, and do kind of like a bit of the practice with them and stuff. And then the men's team kind of came from that. So that's kind of the story in short. But um, yeah, I was, I was never a really good basketball player per se. I was good defensively because I was a hard-nosed just prick, but offensively <laughs> had zero skill whatsoever. Weren't you, uh, weren't you matched up on Joel Embiid for about 10 seconds at one second? I was. I think I shut him down for about a minute and a half, and that's the highlight of my basketball career. So, <laughs> so I keep telling people, well, did he have an injured back and maybe it was like half the size he is now? Yes, but we don't tell those details in the story. <laughs> well, so what's the Australian connection then? If you, you know, grow up playing soccer and then into basketball, you're at college, in the states 
pretty far from playing in the AFL. How do you even... Oh, dude, it makes no sense. Um, I never even heard of Melbourne or, or Perth, much so Perth. I'd never even like crossed my mind. You still may not even um, know where that is. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it yeah. out. I think it's a different country after the last three years. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> Fact. Shout out, Mr. McGowan. Yeah. You yeah. didn't say that? Huge I did. Um, but no, I, I'd only heard of Sydney. So like we only knew Sydney really. We knew what Australia was, but Sydney was one of the first kind of places to turn into the New Year. So you kind of see the classic fireworks over the bridge and everything else. And that was kind of what you knew of Australia. And then you just thought everything else was surfers and kangaroos. And um, that, was, that was it. So, I, yeah, I played basketball in, in college and then kind of got towards the end of it. And some guy named Jonathan Giovanni had, like, messaged our media person and said, oh, I've seen you in the NCAA tournament. Um, heard you've switched from soccer to basketball from one sport to another. And I've got these people that are kind of subcontracting me out called the IFL that, you know, want to see if there's talent in the U.S. to see if they can transfer over from from their sport to AFL. Yep. And that's kind of where it all kind of started. And it turned into, I think, Facebook messaging each other back and forth. And uh, the guy eventually got my contacts. Because the NCAA is very strict on who they can talk to from a professional level. So it's kind of... They've loosened that a little bit of late? Um, as, as of late, they have. Yeah, yeah. so they've got... Um, you can actually get paid now, I think, which yeah. is... We won't go into it because it's absurd if you, if you know anything about the NCAA yes. and how much money they make and how the players don't make any. But... Yes. Um, so that guy essentially got in contact with me and he was just like Facebook messaging me back and forth and said, would you be keen to go to LA for free? And I was like, free trip to LA, like for a college kid, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's the first time you pick up a footy? Like on a basketball court or like are you on an oval? Um, you remember first that? one I've ever even seen was, so we went to, it was the first day in LA and we went to this combine out there and um, got picked up in an unmarked white van um, and then just went to this uh, random track in the middle of nowhere and there's like, Karen's from Brighton walking around the track and yes. um, just people playing like some adult league soccer in bit, the middle of the track. Bit of frisbee band thrown around. Yeah, a bit of ultimate frisbee maybe going on <laughs> and um, everyone's got their stroller kind of pushing on like, you know, the, the, the running track and they're like, oh, we're going to run a 3K time trial and I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> so we did 3K time trial running around these people no. and like had to get timed and everything else. It was, it was wild. I was like, great first impression, AFL. Great first impression. <laughs> um, and then after that, like there's, I think there's like 30 plus guys and uh, we all just sat there and they gave us a footy and was like, teaching us you know like scoop the ice cream and like here's no. a handball and like <laughs> teaching us how to kick was like just essentially try to kick the point of it and none of us like basketball players don't have any hand of foot coordination no like i was the only one there that was probably and there's another guy alec Arucchio, who's uh, now passed away but he's um him and myself are probably the only two that kind of had experience i guess in like using our feet yeah in that sense so um i hope there's footage out there somewhere because it's just quite embarrassing do, for the rest of us but do you remember your very first kick was that was that day like the first time you had a footy and then kicked it like do you yeah. remember the first time and yeah you, and you were like good hard i was everyone there was very surprised i'll say that like yes. looking back now i was shit like absolutely <laughs> terrible but they're like you got it to the vicinity of that person therefore we think you're a good kick like that was the that was how low the expectations were there i think yeah. and um there were a lot, a lot of it was just like trying to get Ruckman in, you know, like it was more for a Ruckman thing rather than, than probably someone who's going to be super skilled. So there's a lot of kind of running around trying to handball and tap it to people. And then I think one or two guys just got absolutely just murdered in a tackle. And we're all kind of like, okay, so this is like, we're going to take this serious now. So yeah. it was a unique experience to say the least and um, a weird intro to AFL. I've seen a bit of your story and your journey around other podcasts. So I do want to keep moving because I think the dynamic of the 18 chat between you and I is probably one of the interesting parts going to be of this uh, before we get there though so you're the tallest player to ever play the game to 11 yeah is that correct to 11 players players size get thrown around a bit are you to 11 it's 212 is i think what they put me Ooh, down okay, as. i think good. like uh, your boy from frio uh, Santa is like 
11.4. So this is this is a whole thing because they're like, oh, we want this person that's coming over who has zero AFL experience. We want we want to really you know pump them up to be something that we've never seen before. Can't be the so second tallest. Like, yeah, it can't be the second tallest. That doesn't make headlines. <laughs> so they put me as 212. Whether I'm 212 or not, I don't know. I haven't really had a. Okay. You know, I've been to the doctor to get, okay. get measured. Okay. Plus, also if you to go back. to a doctor, it doesn't go up that high. It goes like six foot eight. So they just they just trust <laughs> just you. They just go, how tall are you? <laughs> so we game. So we game in 2016. I'm um I'm rocking up to the ground. Uh, we're playing Carlton at the MCG. We drive in. Um, it should be a pretty you know stock standard experience. And drive in and like get stopped at the gate. And we're there for like 20 minutes. Usually as an, as an AFL team, you you come straight in, they check your passes or whatever, and you're straight in. But we're sitting there for 20 minutes, and then. Kind of can see down the front of the bus. I sit towards the back and there's this convoy of cars. It's like all these blacked out windows, all these SUVs, all these black cars. And we're playing Carlton, West Coast Carlton. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, who, who is here? Kudafidis? Kudafidis. Is there sport in? <laughs> anyway, we find out Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, is in the house. It's like, how good? Like, if we're going to showcase something, it's a West Coast Carlton game. You're there. Do, do you remember that this is a I West do. Coast game? I'm not going to forget meeting Joe Biden. I was yeah. like, the game, don't really remember. Correct. <laughs> I mean, it was a great game. West Coast get up by Carlton close you game. You smashed him, didn't you? Yeah, no, that no, was close. Oh, they was they close came back yet. late and we ended up winning. We won. Look, that's, that's all it needs to be known. <laughs> but you're sitting in the stands with Joe Biden. Have, yep. they, have they literally just gone, okay, is there anyone with American affiliation here that we can just sit up next to the vice president of the United States. Yeah, they tried to find someone that was um, going to be able to describe what AFL was. And um, I still at that point was struggling, I think, <laughs> and still do today. But um, the funny thing about that story is my dad actually knew I was going to meet Vice President Joe Biden before I did. So he calls me up like the morning I find out and he goes, are you meeting Joe Biden? And I was like, uh, that, not that I know of, but I know like the US consul had asked me to get security clearance for someone they were bringing in, but they wouldn't tell us who it was because right. it had to be very hush hush, right? What, uh, what, sorry, what does that involve? Like security clearance? Oh, no, it's like they do a background check and all that kind of stuff, you know, and then they have to give them your passport details, whoever it is, right. to make sure you don't have a criminal record, essentially. Okay. Uh, which I feel like if I did, it would probably be public by then. Yeah. I um, if I knew but, about the red and yellow cards at soccer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't let him slide tackle you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my dad found out that morning, and then sure enough, the US consulate of Melbourne called me up and said, Said, hey, we're going to host Joe Biden. Would you be keen to come to the game? So, um, yeah, it was it was a wild experience. Like I, I to this day still think that Joe Biden was not here for footy, or well, he he did open a hospital in his son's name. I will say that that was yes. an amazing thing he did. But um, I think talking to him and his family, see his granddaughters there. Mm-hmm. I think his granddaughters just wanted to see a kangaroo. I'm dead serious. <laughs> like they, they wanted to hold a koala and they wanted to see a kangaroo because at that game they were there. Whole family was there, you know, take the photos and everything else. And then like as soon as the game, no offense, mate, but like oh, as yeah. soon as the game started, two two grandchildren off to Hillsville, got to hold a kangaroo. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> like it was. I was like, oh, where are the grandkids go? Because they were like somewhat closer to my age, you know. I was yes. like, oh, I'll chat to them. They're like, yes. oh no, they bounced as soon as the game started. <laughs> like they're out of here. He's like, get, get a kangaroo in here, please. Like, <laughs> this is not interesting watching the AFL. But Joe sat there for the entire game. He, he sat down until three quarter time. Yeah. Do you? You don't have. I mean, I'm assuming you're just not texting Joe back and forth. He's now president of the United no, States. No, I, I wish I would have his number. I don't even think he could. He probably doesn't even have a phone that works. To Trump be had Someone's, one. Uh, well, Trump's a different person. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was tweeting that. every second, every minute. That dude was mental. But what, um, what do you even talk about with Joe Biden? Like, are you are you sitting with him the entire game? The entire uh, yeah, for those like, three like quarters. Yeah, like, yeah. and he came up and talked to a lot of the military people over there because he's got a connection there. And um, 
but it was it was quite nerve wracking more than anything because you, you can imagine like the secret service that comes with Joe Biden. Yeah, like it is a whole. Like you talked about the, the whole, twenty the, cars and everything yeah, else. Underneath like, the whole place was just surrounded by cars. So they they fly in a plane for him and they fly in a plane for his equipment. Yeah. So you gotta think all those cars and everything else go on this big A three eighty whatever it is and they wow. fly that over. So it's not like a and it all comes with taxpayers dollars in the U S. Which is wild to think that that <laughs> just for his grandkids to hold a koala he spent that much money. But um, <laughs> it was it was insane. Like it was it was kind of chaotic in that sense, but. It was almost like nerve wracking because you saw like whenever he was in there, everyone's getting ready for him to walk in. There's like 50 police officers outside, like Victorian police officers. There's like Secret Service. They're like sitting in the stands, but you're not sure who's Secret Service. Like there's some people, they're just dressed in normal clothes. So you don't know who actually is Secret Service. And there's one guy that's like obvious. He's in the full Matrix trench coat. He's got the earpiece. He's full (laughs) on just like he's he's fully like committed to this whole experience and yes. Mr. Um, Anderson. Yeah, he is. He is. Yes, yeah. he is. And, yeah. um, it's so funny. So he's like the main dog. He's the, the person. And, um, he's kind of like getting everyone else and like no one else is allowed to stand up and Joe Biden has to get out of the stands before anyone else can go and like leave the section. And it's like this whole organizational thing. But I just felt like there was a sniper on me the whole night. Like I just didn't know how to handle. Do you the think situation. there was possibly was a hundred percent? Yeah, I was like hands, hands do like you know, in like certain like airplanes, you know, you've got the like the big question mark of like who gets the armrest, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That was me, but I, I gave it to him. I was like, have as much room as you want, Joe. Just have as much room as you want, buddy. Just, just sitting next just, to Joe, like showing the. I don't even want to touch him. I don't want to move awkwardly around him. Like there's nothing I want to do. I'm not reaching for a weapon. No. Please do not kill me. It's like it was insane, man. And. Um, the whole experience, he was awesome. He's seriously such a legend. And uh, But the whole experience was somewhat nerve-wracking. He was kind of a, a very charismatic and funny fella. And um, yeah, there's... He didn't really understand what's going on. I just told him it's it's kind of like a game where there's no real rules. You just try to tackle each other, and then eventually someone tries to kick it through some sticks at the side of the game. <laughs> it's pretty much like, yeah, some, that's it. That's really it. Like I mean, for someone who's never heard of it, I was like, just enjoy someone getting their head taken off and not getting like a penalty for it. Yeah, great, love it. Um, okay, so that happens. That's twenty uh, six uh, sixteen when that happens. You debut. You're a part of a very very exclusive club, which for some mm. reason we've spoken to quite a few members mm. on this podcast. First kick. First, First goal. goal, yeah, Anzac Day. Anzac Day. I mean, that's that's pretty epic to be debuting in a really important game for Australian culture and history and uh, military and 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 everything like that. And then to play well, mm. first kick, first goal. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. Well, yes. You talk about questions on how to play the game. I was totally lost. So. I remember going into that game being extremely nervous. Like, no, I was shaking. But then you get to the point in the Anzac Day and you kind of, you face S, or sorry, you line up and you kind of, the Essendon and Colin would face each other, whatever it is. And um, they go through like both New Zealand and Australian national anthems. Yep. And like at that point, I'm a year and a half into this country and knowing what the sport is. Didn't know a single word of it. So I was like, kind of sitting there and they're like, oh, this like very momentous occasion, you know, and everything else. And I sit there and there's everyone's, you know, hard on chest or whatever it is, you know, singing the anthem. And I'm, <laughs> queen, queen, queen. So like, <laughs> yes. Mason, that's the New Zealand anthem. You sing the no, wrong one. Same, same. You <laughs> yeah, love the yeah. queen. We get it. Um, <laughs> some guys don't sing it though, so you could have just, you know, you would, you would have been incognito a little bit. Some guys don't sing it with passion. Really? Yeah. Some yeah, guys don't sing do, it. Yeah. Well, I guess most people just kind of like hum along or something. But yeah, yeah that, that day was kind of crazy. Great kickoff to a career. Kind of nuts thinking back to it now, um, and just not really even being able to really comprehend the moment I think like you're just so in students like you're just so kind of like chaotic in your mentality of everything's kind of happening all at once and it's a cool thing like Darcy Moore who's one of the person or one of the people that came to the club same time as me um, he did my jersey presentation and he also was the person that kicked it to me to kick the first goal wow so it's kind of like this weird and I've always had a connection with him good friend still today and 
it's kind of this weird kind of universe coming together moment, you know? And yeah. it was kind of those things. It's like, oh, maybe like this whole thing is just like a crazy awesome experience that I'm supposed to have. And um, yeah, I ended up winning the game, smashed us, and then it was just like a great day all around. And that was the first time I probably realized how in this city of Melbourne, like people were crazy for AFL. And I remember walking out of there and people just lost their freaking mind. And I was like, <laughs> dude, like this is, this is one game. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they just... I'd never understood the scrutiny and like the media that came around things like this until that day, I think was the first experience I really had. I mean, you've, you've been notoriously a big game player and this is from afar, but you've, you know, you play well in Anzac day clashes, you're best on ground in a Queen's birthday clash, mm. kick five goals. Um, the prelim final, the grand final. I mean, you've pl- you've, you've played well in big games and uh, hopefully not speaking out of school. Like you, you haven't become this superstar guy, but you've got the ability to completely rip apart games that big game stuff is that something uh, that is in your dna like is it a, is it an american thing is it something that's mason cox because um, it's true right yeah it's I'll, I'll just i don't know i just i came to this country for a unique experience i came to this place to play in front of 80 to 100,000 people and like that gets me excited like that gets me really pumped up and i think sometimes also i've got a bit of a different mentality around things because i didn't grow up with it i probably have a bit of a I'm kind of removed somewhat. Like whenever I go home, a lot of my friends don't like watch AFL or know anything about AFL. I talk to my friends back in America and they're like, how's soccer going? And I'm like, yeah, soccer's great. Like, <laughs> no one really knows, you know? So, so my experience is probably very different from others where they kind of probably are fully, you know, surrounded by people that have been invested in their career for their whole life where mine just kind of came out of the blue and I just kind of roll with it. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll just love big games. I don't know. There's something about it. Just like something about the atmosphere, the energy of the place, like, I remember whenever we went to West Coast and we played in 2020, I think it was, and it was just like, oh, it was so loud and there's so many people hating on you. And I was like, <laughs> I love this shit. I was like, this is so good. I just love people talking trash and just trying to prove them wrong. Um, and there's one guy I'll never forget. There's this big dude in the, uh, in the stands and he was, he's a hefty fella. And he just kept going at me the whole game, you know. And you, you, you act like you don't know. Oh. You act like you don't hear it. And I'm sure you've got this experience oh, yeah. in your time. I fall back, mate. You think, you think they might talk to you about you know, being American or being tall or bald, getting fat, <laughs> getting slow. Don't worry, I've heard it all. I say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, there was, there was a few people talking. And then he said something about Trump and I just... I lost it. And I just essentially, after every goal, I just pointed to him and was like, sit your ass down. Really? Um, so yeah, I think just like that whole experience, I never thought I would have had, I never would have thought I'd be in that position. Just kind of, I don't know. It's like, why not make the most of it kind of thing. So. Was, was that the Brisbane game where you gave the crowd a bit of a shush? Is that, or was that someone else talking to you? Cause you, you, you kicked a goal, then you went up to the crowd and you gave them some of, some uh, of those ones. Yeah. A little Jack Inman. Um, no, nah, that was, yeah, so Brisbane was different. That was the one I was talking about. I was in West Coast. In, right. Um, the finals, I want to say 2021 or 2020. Oh, I no, that would have been now. 2020. 2020, um, yeah, yep. yeah. During the whole COVID thing. So yep. um, that was kind of a crazy chaotic thing of just getting like shipped over to WA and then not really know what's going on. And like that whole year was insane. But that was, um, yeah, a big win for us on the road when no one really expected us to win. So 2018, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that year for you guys? I mean, you didn't come in, uh, you'd been in the system a couple of years. Um, from memory, oh, by the way, if we can just get that on a shot, the man has the biggest coffee cup I've ever seen in my life. Like, is that the venti? Could you put, it's like it's bigger the, than... The venti venti. The venti venti, yeah. it's, it's, like, it's like bigger than Dan's head. Yeah. That is gigantic. <laughs> Please. This actually is probably just as big as his head. <laughs> I'll tell you what that could fit in. A lot of Margaret River Roasting Co. coffee. I'll tell you what, you could get a lot in that. Now, or it fit in a lot of upshot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or a whole bottle of whiskey. <laughs> a whole bottle of whiskey in there. So 2018, what's that like for you? From memory, was it a... 
the media came at you. Was that 2018? That was sort of like, can't play, shouldn't be playing. Is that 2018? Well, yeah, I had a great start to 2018. Um, so just signed a new contract, three-year deal. And um, I was kind of like laughing. So I was like, most, I think the average AFL career is three years. And I was like, okay, I'll play at least six. And um, <laughs> so that was just wild to think that some guy doesn't even know what the, the AFL is, can rock up and play twice as long. And I came in the first game of the season, Hawthorne. Um, I think I maybe had one or two touches and got suspended. Great game. Wow. <laughs> Great game. And everyone's gone. Awesome. Can't wait to watch this guy for three years. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. Oh, uh, real question marks around my career. At and least then, you um, can laugh about it. It's good. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, I think just the, if you saw the, how I got suspended, it just looked so uncoordinated. I've, I've that it that. was, oh, it was embarrassing. And I just kind of elbowed chicken wing this dude in the head. And Tom Phillip, I think, probably just kicked it out on the full after that. And it was just like, <laughs> how the hell did we just recruit these two kids? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, things turned around, obviously. Uh, and 2018 was one of the bigger years of my, my career. And yeah, it led us all the way to a grand final, which was a pretty awesome experience for myself to, to have with the club. So let's talk about the final series. So you come over to Perth, losing a tight one in a qualifying final. Mm. You play that day. How do you play? I actually don't really remember that one. Yeah. How, how'd it go? I, don't... I didn't play either, so, oh. <laughs> yeah. so I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, no, that one was... I think we had gone from like 13th in the league the year before to top four which yeah. was kind of nuts like not many people had expected that and uh, thank god we had a double chance and yeah went over to perth and chaotic kind of crazy experience there and then uh lose to west coast and then we kind of come back and you know kind of have this second win because i i didn't really understand this you know this is my first time being in finals i didn't really understand yeah. the double chance it still doesn't make sense to me to be honest when like, you lost when you lost the qualifying final you didn't think you were out no, you? no no i was aware at that <laughs> point you asked me a year earlier probably no yeah. idea um <laughs> But no, I, was, I just, I never understood it. Like the top four and then, then the five to eight and like all that. It was just kind of weird. Like I don't think there's any other sport in the world that really does it. And it just doesn't, it just kind of baffled me. I was like, why do you guys do things so awkwardly and odd so, here? There's so many things. Like why is there a points? Like why do you get points for trying? Like, I know. Well, my first game I ever saw, like my mom was there and I was in the stands there and she got up and started cheering whenever someone kicked a point. Everyone was like, sit the hell down, woman. Like, <laughs> she was like, we got it. We got a point. There's some, the, the scoreboard's changed, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. now, now we're just going to, you know, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a, uh, what do I call it? Completion award. You yes. know, it's like yeah. you got close enough. We'll give you one point. Um, but no, so 2018, lose to that West Coast, and then we go back, and I think we played GWS, was the next one I want to say. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget in that game. I haven't really told too many people this, but in the warm up, Anthony Rocker was working out with me, and we're doing this rock stuff, whatever, and he's a big boy. We're pebs. Like, he's a big boy. And yes. um, I tried to, like, kind of work him under, and I corked my thigh like really bad, like in the, in the warm up, And I could like barely run. And I was like, oh, no. should, should I pull out of this? I don't really know. I kind of want to be the reason we get knocked out of finals. Wow. And um, yeah, we, so we get to the game. I think um, Davis ends up doing his shoulder about halfway through the game. And I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of look at him. I was like, hey, let's just even each other out here. Let's just like, yeah. we'll just rustle each other, get nothing out of it. And we'll just get through this game and call it good. So yeah, we ended up getting up, getting through GWS, and then um, like the, the obvious one that everyone kind of talks about is that yeah. 2018 prelim against Richmond. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more looking at it as a collective for you because I've seen you play good games in big games. So that's what I said before is I know people like to talk about that Richmond game, but you know it's a real highlight of your career, which yeah, clearly, clearly it is. I, I probably had a similar game in 2018 grand final for me. I, mm-hmm. I, had, a, I had a good game and people like to talk about that because we ended up winning. Don't know if you remember that, but <laughs> I won't do that too much. I, I, I really won't. I am mindful. I want to keep this very professional. But if you're going to come at me, I'm going to come at you. But continue on. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> no, I haven't I, done it yet. I'm just kidding on the Everyone's front Everyone's still waiting. I'm, Everyone's on the, I'm on the front foot. Or, sorry, but that 2018 pre- prelim, you play a great game, right? Yeah. You can't deny it. 
Mm. You're on a you're on a multiple Australian winning uh, defender in Alex Rance. Um, you effectively retire him. And, and Alex Rance was not on me. I have to clear this up because everyone's like, you made Alex Correct. Rance retire. I, 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 Jordan I, I Degault is on Alex Rance. Yes. So so who? How did you feel? Did did you did it feel like this is the? Did you feel like you were in a talk about flow state, right? I'm mm. not going to get into that the mindfulness element, but did you just feel like everything you could do was just happening? Yeah, it was. It was very much flow state. Great, great day for a big man. Like you know, it's a little bit not too dewy, but yeah. just doing enough for the ball's a bit sticky. You know. Yes. Uh, one of those nights, which was awesome. There was something that happened probably the week before that really got me, and it was I don't know. Whenever you whenever you went to the 2018 Grand Final, like the AFLPA has people that come together with the captain. They say, um, if you win the Grand Final, here's you know, like you have these these kind of pictures and everything else you sign, it's like official merchandise, yes, right? Yes. And they had the audacity to go into our club and show Richmond Tigers, this is about four days before we play them, Richmond Tigers, 2018 grand final winners. Um, they had them up as a banner to like sell to us, to tell us about this, what this thing would be and for us to sign off on it. Really? And I thought, do you cuss on the show? I'm not really too sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, get fucked. I was like, dude, <laughs> to rock up into our own like club, us have... It'd be nice enough for you to come into our own club and say, you know, sales pitch this to us. And you did come out of the audacity to show Richmond on there as a 2018 prelims about three or four days before we played him. I just was like, go fuck yourself, mate. And um, yeah, that kind of pissed me off. And then obviously, like, no one really kind of gave us a chance anyway. And it's like I said before, it's this whole thing of like proving people wrong and um, kind of showing people what you're made of. And that, that probably was. I guess like the maybe one of the motivating factors that kind of led to that game being what it was. Maybe I'm not really sure, but yeah. there's quite a few things I think that happened that week that no one really gave us a chance. That was it felt so good just kind of proving people wrong. Well, the Richmond were on a 22 game win streak at the G, like mm. almost unbeatable there. So massive effort. The um the the proving haters wrong thing it seems is that like a real motivating thing for you? Oh, I mean, I've, I've had haters since day one I came here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are we picking up a guy in America that's never played footy and there's kids that have played their whole life and would kill for that position? Um, would kids like that be able to play, perform in a 2018 prelim and get to a grand final? Probably not. No. So I good. think from my perspective, I've, I've had haters from day one, still do, still will always have haters. And as I'm sure I'm sure you would have along your career also. And I'm yep. not sure if you played young. It's all right. There goes the mic. Yeah, you go. Um, I'm not sure if you would have whenever you probably played footy growing up, but yeah. <laughs> there's always people that just like hate on you, man. Like, and that's I think it's a sign of you doing something worthwhile in life. Like, I think it's kind of crazy. I don't want to get too like kind no, of that's good. You know, like perspective on this whole thing. But if you're not doing anything, no one's probably hating on you. But if you're doing something, someone's probably pissed off they couldn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way I look at it. Like, people can be mad at me, but this sounds probably pretty cocky, but like it's probably the fact that they were never able to, to reach the side or reach the, or have the experiences I've had in my AFL career. So what I love about American culture, um, people view it as cockiness, but if you actually understand it, I think, uh, within reason, you're just speaking the truth here. You're just saying, yeah. saying what people know, but won't say it. I mean, that's exactly right. People view you as, as a threat to you know doing their own thing and you're actually doing it. So. Yeah. I mean, Whenever you're okay with yourself yeah. and you're really happy in what you're doing and you're, you don't really worry about anyone else's opinion, just nothing really matters in that sense. Like, it's all outside noise. Grand final week. Um, again, cool. yeah, everything's a first, right? Yeah. Uh, dude, why do y'all do the grand final? I'm happy for this, but why do you do the grand final parade beforehand? I just don't get it. You know like, I mean? why Why celebrate two teams whenever there's only going to be one winner? But hey, you, you're going to like this, Mason, I believe. Um, and hopefully we will air this before finals, uh, no doubt. Um 
they're bringing the grand final parade down the Yarra River this year. They're, Huge. They've got you on the boat. Well, on a float. Yes, that's correct. That's, that's absolutely correct. Well, far <laughs> out. Are you kidding me? No, that's... Is this, just, this is probably actually to make sure you're two metres away from everyone else for <laughs> yeah, COVID yeah, protocols. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be on the river. There you go. What's the grand final parade like for you then? The, um, the, the 2018 one. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Like, I remember that whole week was insane. I think we had a media day. I'm sure y'all probably had a media too. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to be 30 minutes, turned into like two and a half hours for myself. Most other guys are out there in 30 minutes. But just like the, I think what happened was like it kind of came more outside of Australia. There was a story around this kind of thing of, you know, this American barely heard of the sport kind of playing in the biggest day of the of the year. And um, yeah, there was a lot of international media and a lot of like stuff around it and everything else. And it was crazy. Like mom and dad were there, brothers flew in, um, the whole family was there for the grand final. Awesome experience. And, um, yeah, that parade was just kind of weird. I remember my dad, he's the biggest like fan ever. Like he's like the proudest dad you'll ever meet. And he, I remember sitting up there on the stage. I don't know if you remember this, we're on the stage and you know, they had the cup there and it's like both captains hold it up. And it's, yes. I don't know if you I don't know who was the captain at the time, but Shannon Hearn. Yeah. Shannon Hearn. And it's like, who releases the cup first? Was so, that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The, how do you do it? Like, who, I, I do you know, know who did it? I think it was Scott. It was it Scott? I oh! So. Look, look, I can't confirm, but I believe Ooh, it was Scott. Wow. Because that's a thing on grand yes. final days. Who who releases the cup last? Yes. And I didn't really I didn't really know, obviously, until like the day. But there was a lot of speculation around that of like, yeah. who would be the last one? It's silly. It makes no sense. Well, but Yeah. We spoke, we spoke to Jared Ruffhead about different things. Like, we had a... We had a thing, uh, no sunglasses, uh, no photos, so no phones. So 2015, we play in 2015, we lose. Yep. We, we think we're Hollywood, you know, to use American. You know, we, we think we're just kings of the big game, right? Sonny's on, how good is this, selfies, this and that. So 2018, we really tried to, um, you know, we had our professional cameraman there. Um, There's going to be photos, you're not going to miss out. And then the sunglasses thing was a was a appreciate the day don't you don't need to hide your face and mm. so it was like no sunnies so i think there was some boys wearing sunnies from your side oh and, for sure and i probably would have been one yeah. <laughs> but funnily enough hawthorne in 2015 looked at west coast and were like look at these guys they got carried away i didn't feel that with collingwood uh, like you guys kind of built this whole um season on sort of like a bit of a it was driven by nathan buckley again from afar mm. you can speak to it but a real respectful um, way of going about playing your footy and, and playing your teams. So I didn't have that, but I also I knew a few of you were in Sunnies and I was like, here we go. No, well, no you thought you had us. Oh, no. And the first no. couple of quarters, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Five goals to none. Yeah. I was going to ask before we get into the game, like coming into the game, you've lost a qualifying final in, in um, Perth. Are you playing the same team? Mm. Are you coming in with confidence? As if that's not a stupid question. Like, do you think you can beat West Coast? Yeah, I think if you get there, you always have the confidence you're going to be able to win. Um, there's no doubt about that. But I think, um, yeah, like we, we learned our lessons from the experience of playing you guys in that qualifying final. And I think going into it, you're like, okay, this is exactly how they're playing at the moment. Like in having that kind of, that time frame of a week or two or three weeks or whatever it was before playing them that quickly. Mm. Um, I think you kind of understand from maybe even like a one-on-one perspective of who you're playing against. Like you might know a few tricks that he uses or things he might do and um, stuff like that. So that was probably something that we kind of looked at and that whole week was a bit of a blur. But I think the one thing that kind of stands out in my mind of of all of it is like this experience thing that Scott said. He said, you know, he obviously had won a grand final in 2010. He said, you know these these moments don't come around very often, so just enjoy them while they're here. Don't don't get caught up in the the craziness and everything else. Just enjoy it for what it is, because um, if you try to treat it as an ordinary week, you're gonna get lost in everything because you know it's not an ordinary week. You just have to ex- enjoy the experience of what it is. So, um, yeah, it's it was kind of crazy. Like I think we did have confidence going in. We're a very young group. You guys were a bit older. 
Um, we had some just absolute firecrackers, you know, and like Jordan Degoe and a few others in the mids. And um, yeah, I think that we, you didn't have Nick Nat. You know, there's a few things you had out that were kind of probably key pillars and you guys being at your best. Yeah. And um, there was opportunity for sure. Did uh, warming up grand final day. So on Scott Pendlebury's advice to enjoy the day, you know, do you warm up on the ground before the game? Are you, so I don't go out on the ground before the game. Really? Yeah, I never do, yeah. Huge. I mean, it's like green grass, dollars yeah. each end. Defender, see ball, punch ball. See ball. No, not, not much <laughs> yeah, I need no, to do up there, to be honest. Just, yeah. you know, I just get my ankles strapped and we're all good to go. Do you go up there before the game? Do you have a look? Are you? Yeah. What's the feeling? Every game, before every game. So we walked over from the club. So like as we have the club right across the street from the MCG, really? we walked over and there was a... Um, what, pre-grand pre final? Yeah. Oh, every game. Oh, We right. do it before every game. Because really? we just warm up the club and we just walk over. And we're so early to the game that like... I probably shouldn't say this because people are going to stand outside the club, but like <laughs> we just warm up and then we just walk over because we have all the equipment, all the machines and stuff at the club to really? get ready. We I just, did not know it's that. the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I'm sure Richmond probably does it too, being literally across the street. How far is the walk from Collingwood? Like, that would be like less than 500 meters, probably. Right. Like less than a K for sure. I didn't know that. Um, it actually takes longer to drive in than it does actually to walk. So, right. Um, we do that. And then, um, yeah, we walked over and I remember there was like this, we had a security guard walking us over and there was a whole kind of like Collingwood just like people walking with us and there's this whole organized kind of like parade kind of thing where they're like chanting and everything else and like walking us over to the g wow it's pretty cool like really cool experience yeah um myself don't really love that like i'm very like kind of locked in fella you know and i'll uh-huh. put the headphones in and i think i was part of it kind of like listened to it for a bit kind of enjoyed like the atmosphere of it you know and i'll put the headphones in i just darted straight for the g and just kind of left everyone in the dust but um, before games, I do walk out. I do kind of like I do like a full kind of lap of the MCG. Um, in me, like it is like this is probably this is probably an experience. You know, playing footy growing up, and you're from Geelong, and where are you from? Perth. Perth. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. the whacker. Um, <laughs> that. But uh, so it's like I don't know. For me, it's like a whole experience I never knew anything about, and it's like just fully soaking it in because you just never know when it's going to be done. You yeah. really don't. And like even at the end of this year, I wasn't sure if I'd ever play AFL again. And I just want to make sure whenever I do finish IFL that I fully soaked it in for what it was. And before every game, I'll walk around. I'll just kind of look up into the stands like aimlessly looking like an idiot and just fully soak in, you know, people that come to the game and sit in the top rafters and just come to watch you play. Like, and just be grateful for those people like paying for tickets to come and watch you play. Like, there's there's so many things I feel like whenever I come out to a ground, I just want to soak in to make sure that I take the full experience in and just am totally appreciative of the opportunity I've been given. The USA chant? Because that was a huge fan. (laughs) A lot of people when we got citizenship, they were like, oh, do we change it to Aussie, Aussie, Aussie? And I was like, no, because that's anyone on the freaking field, dude. Did that sort of start like the Richmond Prelude? Because I I remember hearing it Grand Final Day. Like it was. Did you hear Grand So It happened Grand Final Day, I'm sure it did. It's great. It was awesome. (laughs) I was like, it's pretty good. (laughs) Did you say that? No. Did you think that in the game? You're like, Uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, pretty cool. My mindset Grand Final Day was a weird one. I sort of come into the team. Uh, I missed that qualifying final. Brad yeah. Shepard gets injured. And so I had, sort of like you, I had like point to prove kind of on, yeah. my, on my mind. Um, that's been a motivator for me for my whole career. Is, you know, I was a late draft pick. So, you know, a lot, a lot of people picked before me. And then I was dropped a lot during my career. And so I'd always, to get myself back in the team, which I did regularly, um, it was a prove the coaches wrong or prove the players wrong or yeah. wh- whatever it was. And so that grand final was kind of like a perfect storm for me. I'd had some adversity going into the game, um, lost a really good mate during the year. I'd had, a, I'd had a, my first son and it was kind of, you know, the injury happened and it was like, it's it was like you said, it was a, yeah, but it was a big fuck you game. Like I was, so I was 
you talk about your flow state from the prelim. Mm. I was in flow state grand final day. Love that. So let's get into it, right? So grand final, you boys kicked the first five goals of the game. So mm. my flow state was slightly <laughs> altered. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it wasn't panic state. We did, we did a lot of work on the, on the mental side of the game. I know you, you guys did too. Um, a big part about 2015 was we didn't have any tools mentally to deal with a team getting on top of you on the biggest stage in the competition yep. uh, in, in the in the league. 2018 we did we did a lot of mindfulness we had a lot of um strategies mentally to not get too concerned about the score Mm. on the other side you guys five goals up what are you thinking um i think you're pretty you're pretty hyped you're like man we've just come into a grand final like we've kicked five goals you know we've kind of continued this momentum from the game before um we're we're definitely up and about like i think at that point you're you're going how good is this we might you know we might win the whole thing yeah um yeah but like with anything you know you you get to that first quarter and you're like okay now you reset and you're like you just never know what they might bring to you that next quarter and it's always like that. i mean like you go quarter by quarter and it's like you might come back from halftime and just get smacked like we had it like geelong this year we had geelong the same thing happened we just they came back and just chiseled 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 away and ended up yeah. winning the game and um i think that's one mentality in footy is you realize it's never over till it's over like and it's every every quarter time they might you know switch something up that's a totally different game plan or someone might play a different position that kind of turns the tides and is able to kind of you know bring the ball back in there and they're half and score more goals so yeah i like my personal i can always speak from my personal experience yeah. but i think we're all pretty up and about i think there's one moment i'll never forget that was this brass is playing on me yes and um yeah, he, i was not putting my hand up to play on my <laughs> tell you that right now too small for you mate. probably better better forwards out there in the league than myself but <laughs> Um, Brass point on me. I remember he he worked me under on one. I was filthy because that's like the worst thing you can feel as a, as a forward. You know, whenever the defender's got back shoulder, he just easily works you under. Takes a clunk, you just look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, he'd done that. It's four fifty. Someone was kicking it straight for me too, and I was just, I was like furious, you know. And I hadn't hadn't really done much in that first quarter. I don't even think I maybe even had a marker or touch. And um, there's maybe another time in that first quarter where he went up to like punch a ball and he came down, actually got his finger in my eye, and that was the start of my whole experience with. I did hear this. With, um, so that happened in the grand with, final. With glasses, yeah. Huh. So Brass is the first person I had, um, I guess, an eye injury with. Wow. Um, and like in a grand final, like everyone scraps. I don't, I don't say it's like was you know, meant to, in it meant to by yeah. any means. But um, you would experience this. Like free kicks are very far and few in between in a grand final. Yes. And I, I was told that, but I never quite understood that until you play on the day hmm. where you realize anything and everything goes. It is purely just who wants it more. Yeah. Um, and that was probably my first experience, I think, of that first quarter where we'd gotten up, we were all excited, we get to that quarter time break and we're all just like, you know, we're on edge. We're all like, oh, this is amazing, this is exciting. And then, yeah, you get to that probably half time. That's kind of where, I guess, y'all started coming back and started chiseling away. I remember... <laughs> I remember at some point in the game, it was either third or first quarter, because I remember the end of the ground it was, and you guys had kicked a goal, or and you might have kicked a goal. You didn't kick one in the first half, did you? Nah, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe third, third quarter. Maybe a third I think I you kicked, kicked a goal in the third quarter. And something happened, a bit of, someone had trash-talked and was bumping and pushing, and I came in, because I was quite physical that game. That was, that was my thing that game. I was just going to be physical. And yeah. I didn't care. If, if I got reported for something, I didn't care. Like, that was my last oh, who, game. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, also, no red cards in footy, so you just might as well. If you're going to do it in a grand final, you get suspended, do it. So anyway, <laughs> there was pushing and shoving. I thought, oh, I'm going to come in and push Mason. I just remember, I never <laughs> felt it on a football field. I came up to push him. It was just like a concrete wall. Like I, I tried to... like bash him like I'd been bashing everyone else and it was just like a doing like, <laughs> and then he like 
I lost my complete reach. I was too far away, but he still had like another, you know, his whole arm <laughs> and was just like pushed me like five meters backwards. And I was like, right, I'm going back to the goal score. <laughs> <on> the <small laughs> this is I've done my bet. <laughs> I don't know. It's jumped in my head. So um, you talk about your eye injury. The first half you personally, like you don't play like you did in the prelim, right? Yeah. Um, what, what are you thinking at half time? Because on our side, Jack Darling is, is in a similar position. Yes. Doesn't play well in the first half. It comes out and has a really big second half, and you did the same thing. Hmm. It, can you remember at halftime anything that was said to you? Anything you thought? Um, yeah, I think it's. I mean, like we're talking to some of the coaches and stuff. It's it's that reset mentality, you know, of like, and I'm sure everyone would have experienced it, where a coach says, you know, what's happened in the past has happened. You can only change what's going to happen in the future. And um, Anthony Rock had come up to me, and kind of he's the person I'd probably had a close relationship with the club, and just kind of said, look, man, like that's the, what's happened has happened like obviously you haven't had a great half but like let's turn this thing around and see what you can do in the second half and um i think it's those moments where you have like a coach or someone you really trust who you know has your back and knows what's best for you and you would like just give anything for that you really listen to them in those kind of like stressful moments you're like you know my head might be in a million different places but i feel like that direct kind of line of of trust to someone else you can go okay cool i'm 100 i'm just gonna listen to him and um and what advice he has so that was probably the big kind of turning point for me mentally was just saying like, okay, like screw the past. What's done is done. We're still up by X amount of goals. Like let's just try to finish this thing off. And that was kind of probably my mentality for the second half. So um, Gov comes into that game. Jeremy McGovern comes in with broken ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, is that something that's discussed at all in the forward line? Like do, do you guys – like so for instance, like, I know it's hard for you as a current player, but – if, if you came in, for instance, if you came in with broken ribs, I would have been targeting your ribs the whole game. I would have been trying to break them. Like, yeah. Is that spoken about at, all, at no, all? No, not really. I, I knew if yeah. McGovern was on me, I would have definitely tried to smash him in the ribs. Because you, know you, bro- you, know, you know you broke his, his other ribs. Did I break his ribs? Yeah, he did. No. So that tackle. That's a on the, huge. I did not know that. Remember the tackle on the boundary I'm sorry, line? Jeremy. Do you, sorry, do, bro. Do, do you remember that? The tackle on the boundary. Um, I don't know what end of it is. It's, uh, maybe the punt road end. Um, you sort of tackled him out of bounds. And yeah, you broke his other ribs. Oh. So he had cracks in one side of his ribs. It was like a car car crash injury type thing. He had Jeez internal Louise. bleeding. And he was, you know, worried about that side. You broke the other side oh of his ribs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel bad. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people It's like, I actually genuinely, like, I enjoy, like, playing with people and stuff. And, yeah. I, like, I feel bad when I injure someone. Like, yeah. I genuinely do. Yeah. In the moment, don't care. But, like, after, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, apologies, Jeremy Govan. I didn't know. <laughs> but, uh, that's, a, that's a first. He had a great battle with Barras. Um, you know, Barras gets in the best for that day, and he plays really well on you. But you have a really big second half, and you influence the game like you did in the prelim. You're taking contested marks. You're kick, kicking goals. Um, can you take your mind back to the last quarter? You know, it's a you guys start well at that. You kick the first two goals, scores a level at three quarter time. Come out, mm. kick the first. It's like the it's like the first quarter again. Yeah, you know, you guys are up and about. Can you take your mindset back to that. You know, what are you thinking again? Um, oh man, like no, I'm not sure how your experience would have been, but a lot of it's a blur. Like I think a lot of it, you kind of go back and you kind of think about it, and you're like, I wish I would have remembered exactly what I was thinking about at certain times in the game. Yeah, now, I've never really, I've only maybe seen highlights of the game. I've never actually, got, you've probably watched it a hundred times to be honest, but uh, <laughs> yeah, hundred one. <laughs> Had a few on that. Um, I've never watched twenty. I watched twenty fifteen once, so I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just never have gone back and really watched it. Um, I think maybe if I ever write a book someday, I might kind of dissect it a bit further, but. Um, yeah in that last quarter it was just kind of this I don't know like I kind of felt this pressure but this also kind of like I'm very weird I feel like whenever I think about AFL I think of the experience 
I think of kind of always come back to like where I started from and everything else. And like whenever I'm in these kind of high pressure or um, stressful environments and stuff like that, I just go back to be like, dude, like <laughs> you didn't even know how to kick a football five years ago, man. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, just have a good time, enjoy yeah. it, man. So. I think that was probably my mentality. I think at some point in that third quarter, like, or sorry, the fourth quarter, kind of between the quarter time break or whatever, I kind of just like thought about it all. I was like, man, this is so cool. We're in a big game. We're in the biggest game of the year. It's a tight game. Like everyone's kind of going at each other. And it's like, you know, it's an absolute fist fight. Um, how cool is this? This is awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't know, that's kind of a weird thing to probably think in that moment, but I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, all right, cool. Now what do I need to do in my role to be able to execute, to try to help us win this game? So, um, yeah, that was probably it. And then I'm sure we'll probably talk about that last kind of yeah. passage of flight. Yeah, let's goes do that now. And- like, so, so, I mean, I don't think that's that unique, though. I've spoken to a lot of West Coast guys that thought the same thing about sort of looking like 100,000 people at the G's, scores a level. Yeah. How, and it's like... You're just grateful. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, this is sick. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I agree. I don't think that's unique. I think that was shared across guys that followed footy. Like, I'm a huge footy fan. I mm. definitely felt that at stages. Um Let's talk about the last play. So um, this is the McGovern to Vardy to Ryan to Sheed. And, and, and West Coast had had shots at goal, um, you know, a few misses, a couple of posters, and, and sort of, you know, momentum was building, but time was running out, right? So yeah. you, know, you guys just stayed in front, and um, Sheed takes that mark on the boundary. Um, I'll say it. You don't have to. Um, Sheed plays on. Um, Sheed is shepherded. Um, you know, he probably <laughs> hey, hey, we're getting it firsthand from a West Coast man. Oh, well, you know, it's a win's win, What's isn't it? it? Everyone puts but, a whistle away on the grand final. Yeah, but, but you know, it goes the way it goes. I don't think the grand final's decided by that moment. Um, no. You know, yeah. it's, it's it'll be the most talked about moment, I think. Correct. It's not he may have had his eyes shut when he's kicking for goal. You... <laughs> Have front row seat, front row seat, front row seat. I got the best seat in the house. Watched Dom Sheed win a grand final. It was so shit house. This is, <laughs> absolute shit house. Is, your, is it? It's in your game plan at Collingwood um, at that stage. Don't know how silly is for you to stand on the mark because you're, um, you're the tallest guy. So if you actually were to take a statistical kind of data on percentage of set shots made while me on the mark, I think it would be less than fifty percent. I don't know why, and like, I've noticed this throughout my career. I think people like shit themselves a bit whenever I jump up and they go, oh, maybe I'm a bit too close or something. Yeah. Um, and I thought on the day, and this is actually, I've never really talked about this, but I was, I was fat, so I was on the other side of the ground whenever McGovern takes a mark, goes next, next, next. Yeah. And um, you just feel this hopeless feeling because you're not like, I mean, you, everyone had kind of been this, you know, where you, you're almost just watching this happen. You yeah. can't have any impact and you're just going, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and um, I remember sitting there, I just, I sprinted from literally like the opposite corner of the ground to go take that mark, like to take the, to take this, to stand the mark. And Dom Street's sitting there and, you know, it's kind of an angle. I'm like, oh, you know, chances are probably not that high, you know, like from a probability standpoint. Yeah, correct. And I remember the umpire came up to me. I'll never forget this because he goes, usually I'd kind of run up and I'd jump, you know, I tried to like kind of throw people off and he goes, no, stand still. And he wouldn't let me do it. And he, oh, it's a very weird thing. So I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is not, and he goes, make sure you don't cross that line. He's really stern. No umpire really ever told me this really. Wow. And um, on that kick, for some reason, he was like, no, you need to stand and you need to just only essentially jump up and down. You can't run up. Otherwise, if you cross it, I'm going to call 50. And wow. I remember that being on that day being like, damn, that kind of threw my little like, you know, psych out of like kickers off. And he actually ended up kicking away before, you know, he's an amazing kick and one that goes, out, goes down in history, obviously. But that was one thing I remember sitting on the mark and I was like, ah. Oh. This is a bit of a different that's, thing. That's so amazing. Do you think so. he was trying to prevent, like he was looking out for you? Like, I, I really don't want to call 50. Like, make oh, sure you don't. Or was it more, yeah. You can imagine if he calls 50 there. 
Dom Sheed misses that goal. And then the whole grand finals decided based on an umpire's call. Yeah, true. He would have been at, in Collingwood fans. Oh, they <laughs> yeah. would not be alive today. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I that's mean, the way yeah. I look at it. But credit to him. Kicks yeah. a goal, wins a grand final. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, it is. When, um, when time's running out at the end of that game there, like how, uh, at what point are you, is there any moment there at the end where you're thinking like, oh man, that's it, like it's done? Or is it the siren that, that, that sort of made you realize that the that made you realize the game was open. Like, did you know there was only six seconds left when the ball gets like, kicked back into the middle, or like how aware of time are you? Nah, you're not. Like, back. In, I've, this is also another weird thing about Australian rules. Is you don't really. It's like soccer. You like don't really tell. But then the weird thing is they have like sometimes they have it on the boundary of how much time's yeah, left. I've seen they've that got now. some kind of sponsor. So countdown clock, you know, like something like that. So we're just sellouts essentially. But yeah, so they. I think at the end of the game, you. You never think it's over until you hear that siren. And then once the siren kind of went, you kind of come to this realization of these emotions just kind of flow over you of all the stress of just finals in general and like the whole experience and everything else being finalized and finished. And now it's kind of like, what's the next step of moving on? And um, you watch it, you know, obviously each other respect and you watch them go up and get their medals and everything else. And you kind of just sit there in, in shock and awe. Cause like, you know, you talk about the beginning of the game, you're like, we had it in our hands, we let it go. And, um, yeah, we just kind of sat there, watched everyone get their medal, and um, oh, I think emotions flowed. I would say I probably cried. I want to say at that point, wasn't really too sure about anything. I was just like kind of in this empty space. It was kind of this weird feeling um, of having an empty space and then having someone fulfill their dreams next to you. Mm. It's a weird, weird thing on a grand final day. And um, but I remember getting back to the to the club or back to the rooms, and there's a point where. I remember this very, very vividly was we're walking back or I was walking out or something and, and Josh Kennedy, he had walked past and I, he was holding a beer or something like that and he had his premiership medal on, you know, and I, he was grinning from ear to ear. And I just remember just sitting there looking at him and I just go, I'm actually happy for him. He's oh. like, he's, you know, that was probably something he's been wanting to do for his whole life and he's, he's now conquered that goal and you can see exactly how happy he was. And I was like, you know what, whatever happened that game, you know, it is what it is. Everyone gave their, their all, but I'm happy for him to have that experience in his life. And um, that's one moment I'll never forget. Like just after the game, that was pretty amazing. Unreal. Appreciate you sharing that stuff, mate. Because, yeah, I don't know if uh, a couple of years after 2015, if someone hit me up and wanted to do an interview <laughs> about it, I'd be like, given too much. So I've certainly, from afar, again, you know, watched you, um, you know, play, but then you know some of the other stuff that happens outside, and seem like a really thoughtful man and and appreciate that it's, mm. that's good shit we love it anything else you want to touch on there dan but i'm just gonna quickly quick rapid fire no, through a couple let's, of last let's ones. get him out of here Can I tell, i'll tell you this story actually mm. please <clears throat> what it's like to lose a grand final and then have a whole function at the crown <laughs> with a band to play and everything what? as if you're going to win just what? in case that is the most depressing event i've ever been to in my life <laughs> it's like a morgue it is a morgue an absolute morgue like yes. No one says anything. You you literally have to bring your suit to the grand final yes. for the post post game match, right? Yes. So we go and we lose the game. Everyone's got to get dressed up in a suit, get on a bus, go to the crown to celebrate a loss of a grand final. There is no. I don't wish that upon anyone in this world. It is the most depressing day of my life. I think <laughs> that is another weird if you can thing. Put that yourself they make you do. in that scenario. It is just you have to plan to win, and so you, you have, have to. all your fam, yeah. all your families there. Like we had that twenty fifteen, and it's like literally silence. People are crying. Like yeah. People are crying at tables. 
you know, people like people aren't even drinking, like, or some people are drinking way too much because they're just trying to bl- blank their mind. Some people can't drink. Uh, I don't know. It's it's horrible. It's terrible. The bands <laughs> play. The bands play. <laughs> Shut up. I think we had like Deltrick Goodlerum or something show up, and I was like, can you imagine being like the band trying to play to a crowd of people that want to murder each other? Be a rough <laughs> crowd. That'd be a rough crowd. That's rough. Um, <laughs> t- touch on the eye stuff. Um, and you don't get to come at me uh, later on in the show. We have got not too long left, but uh, you start in grand, in the grand final, which yep. I didn't know the Tom Brass sort of incident, and then you cop a few more knocks. Like, can you talk about that and what that's been like for you? Because I've seen you speak about it a little bit, and it's a life moment. It's not not footy. It's it life, is, right? and it's it's kind of you to talk in such an endearing way right now because I was listening to a podcast the Dom Sheed podcast and um, this was the very beginning of the season you said we have a lot of stuff to talk about especially how ridiculous Mason Cox looks in Sunnies <laughs> um, that's a direct quote from you um, so I appreciate that yeah, that's, um, I appreciate we've come a long it. way so whenever you did message me I was like this fuckwit um, <laughs> um, yeah so I appreciate that I'll, that I'll nice apologize I'll apologize <laughs> In my defense. That's actually what I came to this podcast for, is for you to apologize to me, Will. So please, officially do it. Officially apologize to me. I, Will Schofield, would like to wholeheartedly apologize to Mason Cox for calling his sunglasses and his uh, outfit, which is high socks tucked in, sunnies, ridiculous. So they look good. It wasn't about your eye. they look good. Are you saying they look good? I will not go that far, mate. (laughs) I will not go that far. I'm trying to really get as much out of you as I can right now, Will. I've given you as much as I can, Mason. I'm sorry. We'll bury the hatchet. Um, That's very good. No, that was great. That was my little snippet of you. Well Um, done. I did a bit of research, mate. I feel like an absolute cockhead. (laughs) Perfect. You also put West Coast in the top three teams to win a grand final this year. Did I? Yes. Did I really? No, I did Sydney St. Kilda West Coast. yeah okay yeah perfect yeah. West Coast. Uh, anyway, West so that's Coast. me talking shit to you uh, okay. thank you <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you put Collingwood very highly either okay can we, <laughs> shut the fuck up? <laughs> can we move on that'll be good uh, back to the glasses yeah. yes but, oh no, not the glasses, the glasses the eyes the eyes yes so um, to give a bit of, I'll give a bit of a snapshot of the experience so in the centre bounce um, Gold Coast signs I go into the ruck and like in the ruck you know there's a lot of wrestling and everything else and Peter Wright was in the ruck and uh, jumped up and um, I got the hit out, but I guess he tried to go for the ball and just kind of ripped through my face and got his finger um, into the back of my eye. So he tore off half the retina. Um, and at the time, I didn't know. I mean, like you get a finger in the eye, kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, just roll around. And I start seeing these black dots everywhere. And this is kind of very symptomatic of what's happened. And I just played out till halftime. And I was like, oh, I'll be all right. You know, eventually come back. And I got to halftime. I flagged it with the doctor. And the doctor, he kind of went quiet. And whenever a doctor goes quiet, you, you really start getting a bit nervous, you know, real nervous. So... He goes, now nah, straight to the iron ear. Um, iron ear goes in. And he goes, you got some good news or you got some bad news? Um, good news is this is fix- fixable. Bad news is your right eye is also screwed up, which was from the brass incident. Right. So um, came in with one bum eye, came out with two. And then um, for five or six surgeries later and Sonny's now and everything else and um, a lot of contacts that I've tried throughout the years and whatnot have, uh, have led to the very well-known sunglasses that I play in games with now so it's um it's been a process we actually played Peter Wright this week so I'm not sure when this podcast comes out but if I'm suspended next week you know why <laughs> um yeah so it's it's you been a process you spent periods of time not being able to see right? yeah I'll, I'll talk about I just did a, a podcast at Howie Games I'll talk about um for a year in 20 Oh, it would have been 2020. Uh, we were traveling all over the place, and we had spent three weeks in West Coast to do our quarantine. Yeah. And um, at that point, you know, obviously West Coast is very constricted on um, what we're able to do and what we're not we're, ain't, we're not able to do. And I couldn't really go see a doctor, so I couldn't really figure out, you know, the best case scenario of being able to. I, was just, I had surgery previously and 
couldn't figure out the best way of handling this through contacts or whatever it was. So we had to get special permission from the WA government just to be able to leave the hotel to go see a doctor because we were quote unquote infectious. And, um, correct. Can't get me started on that. But yeah, so I had to get like special permission and like this whole kind of thing and then got contacts that were tinted and those always fell out. And, um, never really found a good solution until this year. I essentially had to do a bit of research on my own and found these people in Colac that, that make these glasses. Colac, shout out. Yeah, being a Geelong boy, yeah. you probably know where Colac is. Yeah. And, Luke um, Hodge country. Is Luke, Luke Hodge, Hodge from there? Yeah, he's from Colac. Huge. Colac boy. Jeez, he'd have, he surely would have the oval named after him. Yeah, mate, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, sorry. yeah, shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, these people were kind enough to to kind of experience this. And we, I would go to drive to Colac, which is two and a half hours from Melbourne. And I would, yeah go out and we'd have a kick with his son, the guy who made these sunglasses and um, we'd have a kick with his son. He'd go, okay, let's try all different pairs from pink, green lenses, brown lenses, gray lenses, black lenses, everything else under the sun just to be able to figure out which one worked the best. And just through trial and error, we found out, I guess, the right kind of tint, the right kind of correction and everything else and that's kind of what I'm wearing now. Because so, they're different, right? Like the lenses are different. Yeah, so each lens is different. So yeah. if you look at my eyes now, you can probably see like the pupil in my left eye doesn't, constrict as much as the right oh, yeah so that's the problem is now essentially if i look into a light that light is too bright for my left eye but my right, right. eye is okay so um, and the left eye is the one that had the major, major trauma from it so the left one is darker than the right one so this thing's very 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 um you know unique to myself and the guys helped me out quite a bit with it so yeah if i get poked in the eye again i go probably blind so the sun is here to part stay. Of the production production yeah the, the sun is here to stay it's kind of cool though like a lot of kids who wear goggles have reached out and said like you're now my favorite player i've never felt comfortable playing football and huh. now that you're doing it at the highest level like i don't really you know get uh, made fun of it at junior levels so it's kind of cool in that sense i mean mm. you're not wearing glasses but two of us here are yeah so it's kind of I this prob- thing i probably need them <laughs> the older you get the more i think it just kind of becomes yeah. part of it with everyone looking at their phone nowadays but yeah it's here to stay so it's good caught a bit of criticism early days don't get me wrong horse grants and all the, all the different nicknames yes. but the first uh first day debuting them at training very nervous <laughs> very nervous <laughs> well it's australian imagine. culture right it's the tall poppy stuff that you know you see something different it's like yeah. you're talking about before with the american stuff it's like people see something different and it's like oh, i don't like that yeah i mean i'm <laughs> prime example i'm like hang on he's wearing sunglasses i've never seen this before flock. yeah he's <laughs> an idiot yeah so uh i mean that's good i appreciate that mate i know you're gonna get out of here so we, we do appreciate your time we've got one more segment to run through yep. you're gonna like this you're a podcast man yourself always coming up with ideas you know what we're gonna mm. call things social media stuff social media social media social media okay. i love this very yep. good social media where the people get to ask you the questions um mindful, mailbox mindful of time <laughs> my man um so we'll keep them kind of brief answers tom strauss uh what's it like to be Richmond's father since late 2018. <laughs> you, know, you can say no comment if you don't like it. No comment. Um, <laughs> That's enough. I actually would love to get Alex Rance on my podcast to talk about the 18 fight. That, that would be good. 18 prelim would be awesome. That would be good. We're actually speaking to Nathan Broad today, so I'll, uh, I'll have a chat to him about that. Now, um, double underscore George, double underscore 96. Uh, can you hook me up with a shoe plug? I'm size 20 and struggle to find shoes. Size 20? There's no way size 20. Dude, size 20 does not exist. Well, I mean, what's Shaq? Shaq. Like Shaq. Shaq was, oh no, Shaq was like 22, I think. 28. Like I met Shaq. He's actually coming to Australia soon. Is he? Um, but I met him in the years prior and he was a huge human. Just girthy, big fella. Like, just you, massive. You need to get him in the pod. Ah, uh, I'll, 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 I'll toss the idea to him. It might cost me about two hundred grand. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maddie Steno. Uh, thoughts on Will Schofield when an opponent uh, as an opponent versus Will Schofield now? Uh, I don't know. I, I think 
I, like I said, I'll talk about like AFL players. And I, I find this funny. And the first experience I had in AFL, I was so confused. Yeah. Siren goes at the beginning of the game. You hate each other. You punch each other. You, you literally just want to murder each other. Yes. Siren goes, hey, mate, how you been? You been good? Yeah, how's the family? And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Like, you just literally trying to like punch me in the face two seconds ago. And as soon as you hear some magical fucking tornado siren, all of a sudden now, you're going to sit there and be best mates with me? <laughs> Seriously, struggled for that for a long time. But um, so, what are you saying? I was trying to bash you during the game, and then I said, "Well, well you told me you tried to. You didn't yeah, really I get tried. very far." But um, <laughs> no, I do find it awesome because it's like I feel like there's a bit of an inner like kind of club. And then if you're playing on someone, even like tall backmen, tall forwards, ruckmen, um, there's a bit of a, a bit of a small like kind of society in there yes. that kind of everyone hangs out after games. It's the jury still out. It means Mason irrelevant. Will Schofield irrelevant as an opponent. Live <laughs> underscore Floro. Uh, what's the best sledge you've been given on the field? Um, I, I actually can't say it. Um, it's a, a Can very, you say who it was by? It's Or team? Uh, no. Nah, nah, I don't, th- don't want to get anyone in trouble. Okay. It was the R word and a giraffe. Looking like a okay, R word okay. giraffe chasing okay. butterflies around the field. And I thought that was... I was like, oh, that's, that's rough. The chasing. I was kind of like, yeah, I would not be saying that nowadays. Chasing um, butterflies around, that's not bad. <laughs> uh, okay, Riley J. Nelson. Hello, Riley. Uh, what was the hardest rule or skill to adjust when learning how to play Aussie rules? Oh, man. Um, kicking handball, pretty tough. I think just like the weird oddities of AFL is what got me, you know, whether it be umpire pointing the wrong way on a free kick, <laughs> um, whether it be the ridiculous, like old school phone you used to pick up and like 1990s phone on the bench. Um, there's just so many little things. I was like, seriously, like, have we not really kind of like grown with the times? Um, even the, the biggest thing I think I, I'll tell the story cause it's hilarious, but yeah. In the first game of a play, it was against Carlton in an Ab Cup game. And I had no idea who's, what was going on. And there's this guy who was like kind of, um, he did conditioning for us. And he, he's in the middle of the game, you know, and he, he runs up to me in this pink vest. And I'm going, Chris, what the hell are you doing on the field? <laughs> and he's like, Mason, what are you talking about? I was like, we're in the middle of a game. Like, get off, on the, get off the ground. And he's like, I'm the runner. And I was like, what the hell's the runner, dude? And he's like, I'm allowed to be here. I was like... <laughs> what I was so confused and the fact that he's wearing a pink vest just made it even better but there that was probably one of the biggest things they've yeah. got rid of it now like somewhat there's still people that runs out but like the, the pink vest guy running around on a field when I first came here just baffled me Chris Maston is the uh, he's the pink vest guy at West Coast now so is he, he played in the 2018 game he's now running around talk, so basically he's just like a 19th man out there talking shit and yeah does he, do they ever just like tell jokes to you yeah that's Gosh, what, that's man, what that that, make, I'd love that yeah correct you gotta get people smiling yeah. and it. You enjoy the moment um, um, uh, Joshua underscore cons. Uh, do you think the AFL can catch wind in the USA? Like, yeah, can that take um, off over there at all? I think the AFL can. The USA AFL is the league over there. Both brothers playing. Uh, my brother's, I think, like a four-time premiership player. Opposing teams, right? Uh, yeah, one plays for Austin, one plays for Seattle. Uh, they keep telling me. Both of them, I think one's won a D2 premiership and the other one's won D1 like four times. So I'm the only person in my family who hasn't won a premiership. Um, that's what they keep telling me. So different levels, I would say, per se. But uh, yeah, there's. I think there's opportunity for it too. Um, I think the IFL really needs to make it easier to learn. And I'm going to try to help that, I think, in my, towards the back end of my career and hopefully post-career is being able to, to describe and explain it in a good way for Americans to understand it. That's probably where it struggles because it is so unique and different from anything else people have seen that no one's really been able to market it in the right way to the U.S. And it is tough. Like we talked about before, it's tough to explain AFL rules. Yeah. Like, they change every week. Every year it changes. Man, the market rules change about six lot. times in the and last year. There's, there's a lot. 
Yeah. And it's a 360 game. It's not a... It's not a you know offense v defense yeah. running at, at each other. It's anything can happen at all times, and that means that there's a lot of different permutations, right? Yeah. So you reckon it needs to be simplified? What, like so, like just the way it's explained, or actually like the US version be a simplified version of what they say? No, I mean like they've tried with the the rectangular field, you know, to make it more accessible for Americans and things like that with um, AFLX as they they tried previously. Um, that was just a that was wild. That was just essentially a super duper commercial. Um, <laughs> And <laughs> super duper goal. Oh um, my god! It's like wild, but didn't know what a super duper was till I fell out. You do now. I do now. Um, that no, that, that, but, was our, that was our childhood, Mason. Super dupers, mate. Yeah, I didn't have that. Yeah. He's just how, how good though. Like we had something similar, and you always just cut the edge of your lip. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, just really, uh, just want to suck every little bit of juice out of that thing. American game. Um, yeah, sorry, American game. Yeah, yeah super dupers. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I think, and I've said this like recently. Of I'll talk, take a, I guess, a more kind of um, recent example, like high tackles. Right, we talk about high tackles, and we change the ruling from one person to another, or we say, you know, all of a sudden we're going to change it mid-season. It needs to be something that's very concrete, of black and white, factual, yes or no. Yeah. Um, and if you hit someone in the head, unfortunately, you know, that's a free kick. Whether you agree with it or not, whether someone tried to get it to you or not, like that's just how the game is adjudicated. We can't have it so opinionated. I feel like it's so opinionated based on the umpiring, which makes it like impossible in, for an umpire to be right. Interpretation, mm. right? Yeah. It's, it's relying on how an umpire interprets something rather than if you get touched high, it yeah. doesn't matter if you're lying on the ground, throwing your arm up, doing whatever you want. If you get hit high, it's a free kick. That's how it should be, I think. And that's yeah. the best way. Otherwise, you're going to sit there and how do, you, how do you justify opinions whenever they're going to be different depending on the person it is? I mean, like growing up with the game, I think I actually agree with you. Like, um, you know, the, the Jack Ginnivan stuff's happened this week, which I don't know how he's become the poster boy. I mean, Joel Selwood, Luke Shuey, there's multiple guys have been doing that for... Dude's played 19 games. Yeah, the, the literally 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> correct. And like, it's, it's actually nothing about him. And they've brought in a rule that means that umpires have to interpret the game more, which as you know, is a very difficult thing to do. If mm. uh, there's, there's so so many things happen for the umpire to try and tell what you're thinking Mason which sometimes you make that obvious you let them know with your arms and, and whatever you're telling them to do but <laughs> more, more, more than likely the umpire doesn't know the, the you know the, what the actual player is trying to do so mm. I agree with you it's very good uh, on that last bit this is the very last question Pat McAfee show big yeah. big 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 fan big fan over here that's actually how I sort of started following your you know media work and stuff I was like Fucking Mason Cox is on the fucking Pat McAfee show. <laughs> Fuck you. I mean, what was that experience like? That's huge. That's the, that's the yeah. biggest podcast in, in the world. Uh, Joe Rogan, potentially, but sports podcast. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Um, and he was a Collingwood fan. Yeah. Well, it kind of had to be because there's only one American playing in the league. So it's kind of <laughs> like he didn't really have an option. Um, yes. He really got into it during quarantine. I, I told the AFL, I'm not going to get into it too much because I was quite frustrated with the way that they kind of handled it. But... It was the best opportunity for the AFL to ever market themselves overseas. Of course it is. There was no other sport being played in the world. People were striving for sport during this whole lockdown and everything else. And the AFL was the only people playing and they just shat the bed. Really? Um, and I understand there was things going on. Like they obviously had to take back and make cuts and everything else. But there was gonna, never going to be a better opportunity in the lifetime that the AFL will have. Live stream that thing across the world. 100%. Do it for free. Yeah. Like, make people interested and make them start betting on it. Like, I had people like reaching out to me. were like, "Hey, the kangaroos and demons are they? Are the kangaroos any good?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Nah, mate. Nah, <laughs> nah just uh, just maybe the other one." Um, so there's, there's things like that where I think it was a great opportunity for people to like get introduced into the AFL. Yeah. And um, yeah, they, they just didn't really take it. And Pat McAfee, myself, you know, 
talking back and forth you know I was, I was working on trying to get him to actually come out to here and go to the grand final and it's crazy because he he's obviously come from NFL background being a punter yeah and um, there's a, a ton of Aussies doing that reverse over there but the season for NFL actually runs almost perfectly for IFL season. Mm. The season of NFL finishes, IFL season starts, and during that gap of no NFL is essentially whenever IFL is played. So there's no better experience or no better opportunity, I think, to be able to get into that U.S. market than the way that IFL is set up right now. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's something I'm going to look to try to do on I think, post-career, hopefully, and I can't really talk too much trash about the IFL because I'm probably going to hope they hire me. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's like, your boss, mate. So yeah, well, yeah, well, the Gil's not going to be my boss as of next year, <laughs> so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Uh, you're talking my language with Pat McAfee, so it sounds like you're going back and forth. If by any chance they wanted to show some Western mm. love, I would... I would do anything. He's been a huge motivator for us here at Backchat. Yeah. Um, and not that we're anything like Pat McAfee, but just, you know, I guess he's work rate. Like I've been able to see, he's doing, you know, a show every day. Like we do, oh. four, we do four shows a week now. So we do yeah. preview, review, and we do Backchat and a guest interview. So, you know, that work rate element, that, that everyday streaming side of things, a different audience here in Australia, but like he's been a huge motivator for me. So if you want to just flip me his number after this show, that'd be very nice. And just so I can get in contact or even better, maybe you act as the, hey, the Pat, meet Will, Will meet Pat. Oh, that would be okay. I've won a premiership, right? I'm not going to trade him. I get it. I'm well, not, I understand, Will. I know. I'm not gonna I was you, there. Not, <laughs> we get it. I'm not going to give you player. I get it. Where's I'm your medal? Not, I'm not going to give you my medal, but if I could, I would to get with Pat McAfee. Huge, just to meet him. Yeah, you'd give me your premiership medal. No, I'm not. Is going that, to I was about to say that is. I'm gonna. This is literally recorded. You're yeah, right. I, right. I was like, you, you get me on Pat McAfee show, and we'll, I'll say we'll, this: we'll talk. if I can convince the IFL to get Pat McAfee over for a grand final, I'll make an introduction for My him. Man, that's a deal, guaranteed. Good work. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, mate. Know that you're a busy man. You're still playing with Collingwood. We tried to make you at home as possible with the Collingwood <laughs> flag. Uh, Charlie's brought that along. Thank you very much, Charlie. Um, thank you for your time, mate. No I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and um, glad to see you doing big things, man. Very good. Mason Cox there. Backchat double underscore across all socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit. Don't know what's happening there. Um, Backchatpodcast.com.au. You can find all of our things there. Thanks to our supporters, our sponsors, Whippersapper Whiskey, Shelter, Bluebet, Margaret River Roasting Co. And of course, Leadable Cameras, uh, our patrons. We love you. Hopefully enjoying the action over here from Backchat Melbourne. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to be aired, but hopefully the big fella here is in the team. Play for Collingwood, searching for finals. Thanks, guys. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.